Thanks for listening to audio from North Monroe. To learn more about who we are, visit northmonroe.com or download the North Monroe app in the App Store or on Google Play. Now, here's this week's message. This looks awesome. I I think we should do this every week. Don't y'all? Yeah. Let's just leave the husbands with all the kids. Y'all sit right here. You're way better to look at and to preach to and all that. So... (laughs) You know, it's amazing what God is doing through retreat ministry around this church and all over the place. I mean, over the last four or five Sundays, I think we've baptized over 50 people, maybe more than that. But somebody told me, y'all help me, y'all help me. One of the other churches in the area just baptized 50 women or got 50 to baptize. Who is it? Christ Church. 50. That's unbelievable. Well, it's believable. It's awesome. And uh, we just want to see that continue, you know, let the Holy Spirit be free to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And guys, you guys look great. We're so grateful for y'all and we want to pray over you and speak truth into your life and encourage you today, uh, our graduates. So let's pray together. Father, I'm grateful for these two groups that are right here front and center today. Um, The women who um, are seeking your face and have been impacted through this uh, weekend together. And Father, our graduates, whether they're graduating from college or high school, some going into the workplace, some going into uh, a new adventure, a new experience in school. Um, And Father, I just pray that You'd go before them and that what we we teach and what we preach and, and, and the truths that we hold dear that we communicate today, God, would would speak into their lives, and not only their lives, but the lives of everybody that can hear, whether they're live in this room or online or over the radio, whatever it is, um, that your truth would be told and that you would be glorified. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's awesome in the retreat ministry just to see the Word of God come alive. It's funny how when we do what God says, God does what He promised, right? And, you know, he says, bear one another's burdens, and you guys do that on a weekend, and all of a sudden, look what happens. He says, confess your sins to one another, and you do that, and look what happens. And it empowers us. I want to talk today about fear. Came across this story out of Krakow, Krakow, Poland. Krakow, Poland, how do you say it? Poland. (laughs) There were people in this apartment complex, they were terrified There was an animal in a tree they called animal control, received a call, an unidentifiable animal was terrorizing the residents of a street in Krakow. A woman called in to report that the, quote, creature had been terrorizing her neighbors for two days. According to the Post, people were afraid to open their windows because an unidentified animal had been lurking in a tree. When officials arrived at the scene, however, they discovered that there was no chance that the animal was going to enter anyone's house or pounce on anyone walking underneath the tree because the creature was actually just a large crescent roll stuck in a tree. And here's a picture of it. Fear makes you crazy. And there are a lot of people today who are filled with fear. We live in a time that's filled with fear. I think about the age-related fear, um, young people's fears. I mean, in addition to all the normal fears of youth, like fear of loneliness and fear of fitting in and fear of making the grades, 
they now have these new fears of who do I trust? Can I trust anyone? Is anyone trustworthy? And the answer coming back is, no, you can't trust anybody. And so they live with that fear. I think about the older people in our group who, in addition to all the normal fears like fear of health, fear of loss, fear of death, those kinds of things, they, they're also filled with the fear that uh, this 24-hour news cycle is putting into their hearts. You know, they'll watch Fox News from morning to night, and then they turn on Rush, and then they turn on Hannity, and by the time they're done, they're filled with fear. And then there's some sort of weather disaster, and they go to the Weather Channel, and it looks like the whole world is ending I remember talking to a lady in our church after the tornado disaster in Oklahoma City, and um, our church went up and did disaster relief. She said, you know, that was terrible what happened up there. She said, why did that tornado have to hit that school? And I said, well, you know, with tornadoes, they're unpredictable. You just can't tell. And then we started talking about her grandkids that she hadn't seen for a long time in Houston and how she wanted to see them, but she was afraid to go. And her daughter had said, come on, Mama, I'll take you to Houston. And she said, I'm afraid to go that if I get out of the house, I might run into one of those tornadoes. Like there's tornadoes lurking and you may accidentally drive into one. But we become filled with so much fear. There's social fear. The left fears the right. The right fears the left. You see it in the gun thing. The left is so afraid of getting shot. And the right fears not being able to shoot back. Um, and so it all kind of plays out. The left tries to ban the guns. The right's trying to buy them before they get banned. I was in Simmons and uh, Tyner Petrus several weeks ago. My son was looking for some, some ammo, which is hard to find, as you gun guys well know. And they were three and four people deep at the counter. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? So, Because I'm not really a gun guy. And I asked the guy at the counter, I'm like, what, what's up? And he just goes, Biden. <laughs> and I'm like, Biden? What's Biden got to do? He goes, man, they're going to take away the guns. Everybody's buying them. He said, and, and uh, the, the government subsidy checks. I said, so they're spending the subsidy checks to buy the guns? And he's like, yeah, man, that's what everybody's doing. I'm like, isn't that ironic? The Democratic government wants to ban guns, so they give us these checks, and everybody goes and buys a gun. So Biden just armed America. I don't know if they know that. But that's the fear that we have. And everybody's afraid of something. It was so obvious in the COVID thing. You know, they asked the question and it really fell out along political party lines. They said, what percentage of people who get COVID are hospitalized? 41% of Democrats said 50% of COVID patients require hospitalization. 50%. And 28% of Republicans said 50% require hospitalization. The correct number is somewhere between 1% and 5%. Only 18% of Americans got that right. We are so filled with fear. Today's graduation day. And man, graduation's an exciting time, right? But I've got to tell you, it's also a very fearful time. Two of the most difficult periods of my life were when I graduated from high school and when I graduated from college because there's all the fear of, um, am I going to have what it takes going into college? Am I going to be able to make the grade? I'm leaving behind all my friends. Am I going to be able to make new friends? Am I going to know what to do? Am I going to know where to go? Am I even going to be able to find my class? Am I going to be able to fit in? What's going to become of me? And there's a lot of fear related to that. Today's Women's Retreat Day, and women have their own set of fears. I'm obviously not a woman, so I don't know what those fears are, but Here's what I hear. If you're single, you fear that you'll never find that guy. And if you do find him, that you won't find him in time to have a baby. Um, if you're married, you, you fear, can I live with this guy? 
Uh, can I be what he needs? Will he be what I need? Can I have my own dreams? Can I still be my own person? And if you're a mom, moms have a unique set of fears, right? You fear you're going to lose your mind. You fear you're going to get convicted of murder after you kill them. Um, you fear that you're never going to have a quiet moment to yourself again. And then you fear that they're going to never find friends and they won't fit in. And you fear that they won't grow up and leave. And then you fear that they will grow up and leave. And, you know, here's a, here's a real fear. A lot of moms fear that somebody's going to steal their child. That's true. And there was a story running through Facebook of, uh, a lady in a, says that she's in a parking lot in Humble, Texas, and this uh, undercover cop comes up to her and says she's got a couple of little ones with her, maybe two and three or four. And, and he says, ma'am, you need to really watch your kids because there's, there's a ring of people out here and they're stealing kids. And we just caught a van load of kids all duct taped and tied up. Totally bogus story. There was no truth whatsoever behind it. Humble Police Department put out a deal. That's not us. That didn't happen. And yet all the women were afraid to go to Target. They're afraid to go to Walmart because somebody may steal their kids. I can promise you that was not an issue with my parents in my generation. They did not even seem to care if we got stolen. Um, seriously, they, we would leave in the morning and we didn't come back till the streetlights came on. If we didn't show up, they just assumed we we're at someone else's house. There's an actual thing that would come on the 1030 news every night. It would say it's 1030 p.m. Do you know where your children are? I found it. Watch this. This actually happened. This is true because you didn't believe me. But watch. Show this clip every night. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Can you imagine not knowing where your children are at 10 p.m.? It's like mom and dad are about to watch the news and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we've got kids. I wonder where they are, you know? That's my generation. They didn't care if we got stolen. In fact, they might have preferred it. But in this generation, you're reading, you're reading so many news stories. You're so saturated with news. It's such a perverse generation that you've got to worry about things we never even worried about. Um, and there's just so much fear. And fear creates a stifling atmosphere. It darkens the heart. It clouds the soul. One sage said this, fear is a dark room where negatives develop. And let me say this, you cannot walk by faith and live in fear. You can't do it. And that's why I need you. I, I need you to help me with my fear. And you need me to help you with your fear. And this is one of the most powerful aspects of community. You know, we're talking about we're better back together. This is why it's so important for us to be together, because together we help each other with our fear. Um, because here's the problem with fear. Fear, whether real or imagined, is still fear. It doesn't matter if your fear is based in reality. It doesn't matter if there's really a chance that your kids are going to get stolen. The fact that you fear that means that it's real to you. And for me to just say, stop being afraid, it, it, I might as well stand on the edge of the ocean and tell the water to quit coming to shore. It's not going to happen because my phobias, whether they make sense or not, are still my fears. And so I need help with that. You say, well, how then do we deal with fear? It's more than just me saying, stop being afraid. Although Jesus said that all the time, 500 and something times in the Bible, God says, do not be afraid, fear not. But he always gives us a reason. Don't be afraid because I'm with you. 
So what's the answer to fear? Well, it's love. Love is the answer to fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. Look at 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. Courage is not the answer to fear. In fact, I heard one guy say, uh, courage is acting and moving forward despite your fear. Courage and fear can exist in the same heart, but to eradicate fear, you have to have love. Love is the only thing that casts out fear. And Marl Lindbergh said, to be deeply in love is of course a great liberating force. And she said, to be in love, but it really ought to be to be loved. To be loved is a great liberating force. You say, how does that work? Love cures fear. Here's how it works. Love cures fear because it reminds me I have value. To know that God loves me is to know that I have value. For God so loved the world. Take that word world out and put your name in. God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. If God would give His... Think how much you love your kids. If God would give His only Son for you, what does that say about your value? And so it, it fills us with a sense of value, that I have value. And if I have value, we protect that which is valuable, don't we? We buy safes and we do uh, all kinds of things for things that are valuable. And since you have value, God is going to protect you. If He sent His Son to die for you, He's going to take care of you, is He not? And the second thing is, love cures fear because it reminds me I'm not alone. If God loves me, then He's with me. Don't we love to be with what we love? And there's so much fear that comes from the impression that we're on our own. And let's face it, one of the things that we're called to do is stand alone. In fact, I tell parents all the time, the greatest gift you can give your children is the ability to stand alone. And to do that, you've got to quit being so afraid for them to fit in. Everybody else is doing it, so I've got to do it. No, you've got to teach your kids to stand alone. But I'm telling you, it's hard to stand alone all by yourself. And God doesn't call us to stand alone by ourselves. He says, whatever we're going through, wherever we are, He's with us in it. Um, what's the end of Matthew 28, 20? And lo, I am with you always. And that means I have an advocate. Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Paul said something nearly identical in Romans 8, 31. He said, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? which means I'm safe. I have a safe place in God because He's with me. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in, in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Perfect love casts out fear because it, it, it tells me I'm valuable and it reminds me that God is with me. And it cures fear because it reminds me that I'm secure. Man, in this generation, so many people have abandonment issues. I've got a really good friend who's a brilliant family and marriage counselor. And he said, in the past, when marriages would break up, that's what they would do. They would just break up and we would call it a split. And mom and dad would split and the kids would, would share time between two families, right? He said, in this generation, families don't split up, they disintegrate. And there is no family anymore because mom and dad are trying to go relive their adolescent experiences and the kids are left on their own. And these kids feel abandoned because of that and they're not sure that they're really loved. But God's love is different. He never abandons us. Hebrews 13, 5. For He has said, I will not leave thee, neither will I forsake thee. 
so that taking courage, we may say, the Lord is my helper. Look at this. Underline this part. And I will not be afraid. I can stand alone because I know I'm not alone and nothing I do is going to change that. I didn't achieve my relationship with Christ. I received it by grace through faith. And because of that, I know it's not dependent upon my performance. God's not going to abandon me because I don't live up to His standard of expectations. A lot of parents, parents, be real careful with this. Listen, we've got this sickness in our culture called sports. And we have this idea that it's more important to teach your kids a curveball than to teach them about Jesus. And one of the things that you're communicating through that sports is, here, son, we depend on you. We're counting on you. Don't let us down when you're out there on the field. And that, that, that creates a fear in them that my relationship with my family is performance-oriented, and if I don't live up to their standard of expectations, then I'm going to somehow be abandoned by their love. Don't you love that God's not that way? 1 John 4, 16, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So if I know that God loves me, then that deals with my fear. But here's the question. I know this. You know this. I'm not telling you anything new unless you're new to Christ. We know that perfect love casts out fear. We know that God loves us unconditionally. So why am I still afraid? And I thought about this and I prayed about it and I, I sought God's Word on it. And here's what I think. God expresses His love through people. He expresses His love through people. I know God loves me, but He expresses that through people. You know, it's like this dad had this little girl and there was a thunderstorm in the house and she kept running into their bedroom and she'd get up in bed with them and she'd done this two or three times and he'd take her back to bed and she'd come back in. He said, honey... Now, you know Jesus loves you. Yes, I do, Daddy. And you know He's with you. Yes, I do, Daddy. So when you're in your bed, Jesus is right there with you and you don't have to be afraid. She said, I know that, Daddy, but right now I just need somebody with skin on. <laughs> and I'm that way too. I, sometimes I need somebody with skin on. So do you. That's why I need you and that's why you need me. Even Paul needed that. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 5, For even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were conflicted on every side. Look at this. Conflicts without, fears within. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, I had fears within. But look what happened. But God who comforts the depressed comforted us by the coming of Titus. He didn't say, God comforted me because I spend more time in prayer. He didn't say, and sometimes that works. He didn't say, God comforted me because I, I got alone in His Word. Sometimes that worked. He said, God comforted me because Titus was wearing his skin. And when Titus showed up, I experienced his love. And God uses people to express His love. And this is one of the most powerful things we do for each other as a church. We come together for the sake of encouragement. You know what encouragement means? It means to fill with courage. And that's our calling with each other. That's why we're better together. Because you stick that IV into my heart, into my artery, and you pump courage into me when I'm filled with fear. And that's one of the most powerful parts of the community. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, 
For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And here's the part the preachers love to quote. When you miss church too much and you run into the preacher, and preacher, I've been missing church lately. What are they going to say? Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, right? But they never finish it. Finish it. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Why is it so important that we come together? Because we need encouragement. We need, we need the love of God expressed by people wearing skin. And that's our calling as church is to encourage one another. First Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another and build up one another just as you're also doing. Hebrews 3.13, But encourage one another day after day as long as it's still called today. And sadly, too often the exact opposite is happening in churches. And far too often the church is a place of criticism and small-minded nitpicking. And you come to church needing encouragement filled with fear and you look around and you feel inadequate or you feel as if you've somehow failed or if you feel as if you somehow don't measure up because everybody's put on their their Facebook face when they come into a place like this and, and you realize that my life isn't a Facebook portrait. Church was never meant to be the place where people tear you down. It was meant to be the place where people lift you up. And worship isn't supposed to be the time where your heart is filled with fear. Worship should fill you with courage. You know, I've had people tell me this. Preacher, I don't feel like I've been to church unless I walk out feeling bad about myself. I've had them tell me that. And the implication is, if you don't make me feel bad, you haven't done your job. And I'm like... Where is that? Because the, the implication is you're not preaching the gospel. I'm like, where is that? Yeah, there's some bad news in the good news, but at the end of the day, it's good news. And when we come together for worship, we encourage each other even more. Because here's the truth. When my heart is filled with fear, I need to borrow some courage from you. I need to borrow your courage. My brother-in-law, Glenn, and his wife, Jean, went on vacation with us a couple of weeks ago. We went up got a cabin in North Georgia, just hung out. And he told me the story. He went deer hunting. He's a big deer hunter. And he went deer hunting one morning early. He's, he's got a, a farm in East Texas, got a little over 100 acres on it. So he hunts on his farm. He had his nine, 10-year-old grandson with him, Chase. And uh, they went hunting. He said, it was dark. We're walking down the path to get to our deer stand. It's still dark. He said, I got the Q-beam. And I looked up and I saw a set of green eyes, green eyes, green eyes, green eyes, green eyes, five sets of green eyes all around him. He said, within about 20 feet, coyotes. They had walked into a, what do you call a flock of coyotes? A <laughs> pack of coyotes. And they're surrounded. And he's like, I don't want to scare my grandson, so I didn't say anything, and we just kept on walking. You know, coyotes are really afraid of people. And he said, we just kept on walking, got to our deer stand. And I don't remember if he killed a deer or not. I know I'm supposed to remember that part. I don't remember. <laughs> Later on that morning, they had gotten back there sitting around the house, and Chase's grandson said, Pop, did you see all those coyotes? <laughs> and Glenn said, well, I, I didn't 
I didn't know you saw him. I wasn't going to say anything because he said, you saw him. He said, you didn't get scared? Weren't you afraid? And Chase said, I looked at you and I figured if Pop's not afraid, then I'm not afraid. And let me tell you something. Sometimes when I'm afraid, I look at you too. And I say, if you're not afraid, I'm not afraid either. And sometimes you look at me and you say, if he ain't afraid, I'm not afraid either. That's what we do for each other. That's why we need each other. We're better together for that. And this is where you come to get it. So can I ask you, are you discouraged? Fearful? Worried? Do you know what it is to be loved by God the Father? Do you know that? Perfect love casts out fear, for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Which means you have value. You're never alone. And He's going to protect you, and He'll fight for you. But you've got to know Him. The Bible says that you don't have to know all the right things to say. I love the bell thing. We, they do that on retreats. And, and the bell is something Corey came up with because Corey said, you know, sometimes people don't know what to do and they don't know what to say. They just know they want to give their heart to Jesus. And they don't even really know what that means in the moment. So I'm just going to ring the bell. Because in ringing the bell, it's just like, God, here I am. Best I know how. You got me. And that's really all it is. That's all He asks from us. He says, you know, you don't have to know theology and you don't have to know all the Bible and the books of the Bible and where they are and all the Bible. All you have to do is say, you know what, God, I'm giving you myself, all of myself, all that I understand about me. I'm giving to all that I understand about you. And I know I don't understand everything, but what I understand I'm acting on because I need Jesus. I need a relationship. My heart is filled with fear and I need to know that I'm loved. And if you don't know that today, then that's your decision in this moment. It's time for you to find Jesus. Because when the Bible says when we do that, something supernatural happens in our life, our sins are forgiven, our past is forgotten, and this old creature becomes new. A new species of being that never existed before. A new you. And your, your relationship with God changes. Colossians 1.13 says, He takes you out of that domain of darkness that is filled with fear, and He puts you into the kingdom of His beloved Son, which is filled with love. And that perfect love begins to act on your fear and drives that fear out. As you know, nothing, no weapon formed against you will stand. Is that what you need today? Have you ever come to that point of giving your heart to Christ today? Well, why don't you do it now, today, in this moment? And believer, if that's already happened to you, then why don't you share your courage? You know, people come here filled with fear and they need to borrow some of your courage. And that's what we give to each other. So I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we're just going to let you respond. Band's going to come up and play. We don't normally give invitations, especially in this service. But if you want to just ring the bell, you come ring the bell. If the bell's not your thing and you want to go through those doors right at the end of the service and talk to somebody in the belong area, they can help you know that you belong to Jesus. If you don't belong to a church, you need one because you need the encouragement that comes with a family. 
and they can help you with that too. But let me pray for us. Father, in this moment, we give you our hearts because, Father, we need you. We live in a world that's filled with fear and fear has filled our hearts. And we need encouragement. We need to know that we're loved. God, there are people in this room right now that need to know that you love them. And they need to give their heart fully over to you so that they can walk in that love and they have that relationship. And in this moment, God, give them the courage to act on it. Father, I pray for those that have come here today. They know Jesus, but they just, man, their hearts are beaten down and they just need to talk to somebody because we bear one another's burdens. And I pray that this morning they would find someone in this place to bear that burden. And so we just give this time to you, whatever you want to do. We're going to sing and we're going to respond. And we thank you, Jesus, for that. In Christ's name, amen. Our hope is that this message has encouraged you to seek Christ in your own life and make him known wherever you are. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.